on this week's episode of Android App Addicts number 583, for this day, March 24th, 2022, Ivor is absent from class, Door brings the heat, Josh has a stuffy head and contributes nothing, and the chat room is on absolute fire. Hey, hey, Podnutsians. Welcome to Android App Addicts, episode 583. My name is DoorDoor Geek, owner-operator of Podnuts. This week's broadcast, this month's broadcast, if you will, is brought to you by Greg S., a very long-time Patreon supporter. Uh, thank you for all the support throughout the years, Greg. We will keep doing our best to make content when we can. And by we, I also mean I'm being joined this evening by Josh. How's everything going, my man? Uh, doing well, Dor. have a... A bit of a head cold, so it was nice. I had three days in between sicknesses, so three days on, 14 days off. Yeah. Well, uh, your beard's looking better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, have you seen it since I cut it? When you cut it, I was a bit shocked, and I didn't want to say anything because it's like, that's not Josh. Who's <laughs> I know, man. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was uh, about eight years worth of growth. Yeah. Down the drain, literally. So. Well, you know, the... Good news is it grows back. I mean, it does it take eight years. It does. It's... Granted, your kid's going to be entering high school. Yeah, no kidding. Well, he might enter yeah. high school at, tomorrow at this rate. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, and I, I realized that I cut off all the brown parts of my beard. <laughs> that, was, that, that bottom part that was brown, yeah, not so much anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's change the subject. Yeah, yeah. Rest already. Yeah, so um, other than that, uh, just been working uh, – Learning more about podcasting, really, Dor. I'm just trying to right. uh, do that. Well, to be honest, between me and you, you're doing it exactly right because it doesn't matter how many questions you ask. It doesn't matter how many people tell you and point their finger because they know everything kind of thing. They know nothing. Um, because every time somebody starts a podcast, the number of choices and the choices themselves change every single day. So the only way to do it is to do it and learn. Yeah, that's what I've been, that's what I've been trying to do. I mean, it's... I'm sure it's boring as hell for anyone to listen to, but it is sort of just feeling my way through. And now I'm going to try to incorporate a new aspect of, of the RSS feed, every show like this last one. Um, I figured out how to do chapters for the show and then try to do transcripts and all that. But I still have to figure out how to do, how to do transcripts from an audio file. Well, I don't think we're going to have it available to us like on our desktops soon is what I'm going to say. Um, hopefully it's less than two years to when we can literally anybody can use their own software to do it. They don't have to rely on some outsourcing thing where you got to pay a monthly service or any kind of Google thing. But I think it's coming, just not yet. And I will say I did notice in Podcast Attic when I went through the settings, one of the settings was to show transcripts. And they, they show, yeah. And they yeah. and with chapters as well, you can do the chapters and set image images with it. So if somebody's right. watching the podcast, it'll it'll show whatever image that you want for that chapter. And don't get me wrong, I really do think chapters for sorry for the tangent people, but hey. Um I do think chapters and stuff are, are great can be a great asset to deliver content in a different way, is what I say. But every time I look at it, that looks like a lot of work. Yeah, I did it 
and I mean, my it was uh, it came out to about sixteen minutes of of show, and it was it took a bit of time, but that was also the first time, yeah. so I think I, I'll be able to put some system. Right, and and see, I can believe that there could be a semi-automatable way to do it. The problem becomes when you're like me and you edit audio, you're literally changing the timeline. Or if you do a truncate silence, you're editing the timeline. And I don't know any tool that would be able to, you know, keep up with those kind of changes. But I do think it will get easier. Well, what I've done or what I did was, or what I've been doing is truncate silence before I even go through and edit and just clear that out. And then <laughs> what makes sense is to just mark the the locations. I'll just write them down as I'm editing the timestamp and then put that into the, but there is, a, there's got to be, cause it's just generating a JSON file. So it's, there's got to be an easier way to just do it. Well, I will say if you're handy in air quotes and you're using a tool like audacity to do the recording, if you have the audacity window up while you're recording, you can live bookmark in air quote by hitting a uh, control M in the past. I found that pretty usable, especially if like, I'd be on a podcast, somebody else would make a loud sound, I could control M, and then I can just type, you know, sound, and hit enter, and then I know that's the time it happened in my timeline, so it's going to be around that time in their timeline. But that was the closest I got to actually, you know, documenting times. Well, and it would be good if if I actually, like, planned anything out. <laughs> you know, that might, that might work, but I like to call it free flow conversation with myself. So, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's... That might be a little more difficult. And as far as the transcripts go, and I guess we're just sort of hijacking the whole podcast here, but we're the only ones here. Ivor's not here to keep us in line, so everybody blame him. Um, There are some open source, they're not tools, but they're sort of, I guess, transcript engines, if you will, Mm. that aren't meant for end users. So I might try to, I may try to build my own transcript app basically using one of these mm. but I'm okay probably not nearly smart enough to do that I, uh, it's what's well it's like you said the first time to do anything is ridiculous every time after that's successful so the goal my goal would then be find someone else who's already done something like it and then just try to piggyback off their knowledge is what i'd say i you know um it's weird is what i'll say um we're going to touch on android for a little bit but first what I wanted to ask you is, I mean, I know uh, back when this podcast first started, you know, 10 plus years ago, whatever, I don't know. Um, everybody I knew who had an Android smartphone was literally like enthusiastic about what it can do, what it will be able to do next. You know, how, how good is the next phone going to be kind of thing. And I don't know too many people is what I'll say these days who are genuinely like enthusiastic about what they can do on their phone because it does seem like we almost hit a plateau of, well, every phone can do this. Almost every phone can do that. You know, we don't have, you know, like phone gimmick phones with 3d cameras on them or anything anymore. Um, so, I mean, is there anything that you're like actually looking forward to when it's either on this Android device or a future Android device? I'm not sure about that. I'll, I'll have a think on that, but I seem to find we've kind of swung to the, the pendulum, it's not really pendulum swinging, but I've, I've been finding more and more things that are only available on iPhones. And that seems to be a, maybe it's just what I'm looking for, but I, it seemed like there was a time where it was, didn't seem like anything was even released 
for iPhone if it wasn't for Ant. You know, it seemed like there's a pretty, pretty even spacing between the release for iPhone and release for Android. So it, it's almost, I mean, I, a lot of things have always been i or iPhone first, I guess. But yeah. I don't know. Have you noticed that at all? Well, I mean, it all. It seems like Android has always been later in getting a majority of things for its entire lifespan. I do think it's came close to where, you know, we're like a little bit behind instead of being a lot behind kind of thing. Um, the only kinds of thing that I cannot find any equivalent to um, or that product on Android is honestly, there's still a lot of audio mixing and editing kind of things that are only on I stuff. Um, and I believe the most things that you cannot find on Android are not designed for iPhone, but instead they're designed for iPads. And Android tablet uptake is still uh, abysmal. Um, I don't know if it's ever going to get even a fraction of what iPad sales get. Going from the phone I have now, and I'm yeah, I'm a bit brain dead right now. Just bear with me, but uh, like I'm I've been having Bluetooth issues as well. So I mean, I guess I look forward to the solving of. Just randomly disconnecting Bluetooth headphones, and more more stable Bluetooth, and maybe that's just my phone. Maybe it's maybe I've just destroyed it. I don't know. Well, it it could be the phones, could be the headphones. You know what I mean? It could be any of those kinds of things. Um, because there I say Bluetooth is still a little uh like voodoo-y on like they can't promise you it's going to work for a certain length. It just happens. You know, you might get forty feet away and it still works fine. I get ten feet away with the exact same stuff and it doesn't work as good yeah but i'm talking i'm talking about having the phone right there and it just drops it yeah i i i would either say if your phone's not overheating it's it, it's your headphones is what i would guess yeah, same headphones well, well well and because don't forget bluetooth and wi-fi are typically basically on the exact same chip if you stream video does your wi-fi randomly fall out uh not that i've noticed i don't stream a lot of video on my phone Oh. And then what the only other kind of thing you could do is you could do like a uh extensive ping on it and shoot it to a text file or something. But that's the only other thing I could think to do it long term to see if it does drop and come back. Or get a new phone. Or get a new phone. Yeah. Oh, speaking of new phone, I'm not getting a new phone right now. But I did mention to you guys in the past, if it turns out that we do get a sponsor on this show, it's going to be a very short term sponsorship. I don't believe in the product at all. I'm doing it for the money. Uh, because I realized I have not bought myself a new computer in 14 years. Um, the newest computer I have is a seven-year-old laptop Think, that was a gift to me. ThinkPad T420? 480? Um, no, that was the previous one. That one's now nine years old, but that is my second newest computer kind of thing. And then I have two desktops that were given to me from the Kickstarter Linux for the Rest of Us thing. And that's like my newest stuff is, you know, eight plus years old. So I would really like to have a new computer for once is what I want to say. Yeah. You deserve it door. Well, and like Ted DiBiase says, everyone has their price. Um, a good friend of mine, uh, Steve Trevino reminded me cause and first time I heard from him last week in like three years, he's a busy guy. He's now in a punk rock band. <laughs> didn't think he didn't think he was going to say that, but he's in a punk rock band. But, um, he once taught me that when someone comes to you with a proposition that you don't want to do, whether it's doing a lap jock, um, a, a laptop um, barrel jack re, re up here, or an ad, you never say no, never. If you don't want to do it, you simply 
quote, an astronomical price that no person should say yes to. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's what I did when this company asked me about sponsorship deal. I mentioned the dollar amount that no person with any common sense would have agreed to. And it looks, it looks like they're saying yes. So, yeah. And that's the, like, try to price yourself out of a job. Yeah. And, and I might be able to get a new phone as well, is what I'm thinking. Um, and I, now there is a quick update I will say about the phone. Um, I was really getting upset with the speed and performance of it. Um, if I, didn't know any better. I would have tried to break the phone with my bare hands at a couple of times, but I know with the battery inside, if that happens, it's going to explode. So I didn't do that. Is but a couple of times I, is it a Samsung? No, 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 no. Any, any of these cell phone batteries punctured or whatever, if air hits them, they just go boom. Um, but I, I uninstalled, it was, um, IOT assistant, which is supposed to, monitor your surroundings and notify you when your privacy is being, um, you know, accosted by whether it be surveillance cameras or whatever. Um, and I did notice a couple times i started the phone up and the, and after it booted and loaded everything up, it would hang for a couple seconds and then it would come up with a wait force close window. And it said IOT assistant. So I uh, uninstalled that one last week and the phone is recognizably better. It's still not snappy is what I'll say but it is definitely closer to being normal person usable. Uh, I still do think if you give this to a normal person here in 2022, uh, they will not like its uh, snappiness or lack thereof. You know of an app that will show you a list of, of what's draining your resources on your phone? Well, that should be baked right into the phone. If you go to your about menu kind of thing where it's, uh, you know, apps sounds about, you should have right there listing of a battery, um, battery. And then once you click the actual battery itself, you can on almost every phone I've ever seen, you can see, um, like since the last time you discharged yeah, what's using battery. for the battery, but what about for like CPU? Oh, in, um, I don't know anything that will give you constant readout on CPU RAM IO. Uh, part of the reason is is because to do that level of monitoring requires processor RAM and I/O. Right. You know what I mean, so it will be like a live background on crack cocaine. Yeah, I was just thinking. Like, I've, I've got uh, an app called Bash Top. I don't know if you've ever. Oh, uh, love me some Bash Top. Yeah, so but, that's what I was... but but Bash Top is dead. It, you know, oh yeah, it, it's been discontinued. Uh, it was written in Python. It's now been re done in C sharp. I want to say, no, no C plus plus. And it's called B top. Hmm, cool. But yeah, that was, but I yeah. was thinking something like that, but then I, when you I, like launch bash top and then look at the resources and a lot of time bash tops on the top. Well, and yeah, what I do is I load my pie up and SSH into my main rig during shows and I have bash top running so I can see if something's getting out of hand. Um, and I do love the fact that in bash top, you can kill task right from it. For anyone who doesn't yeah. know, it's a Linux app, I guess, that, uh, just shows your resources and what's, what's using your resources, RAM. And yeah. Say, um, resource monitor. It will show you everything from RAM, RAM usage, network usage, disk IO usage, processor usage per processor. So if you have eight processors, you can see them kind of thing. Um, and it's really customizable. The themes are pretty. 
Uh, it's the kind of thing that you could easily see on a screen in a movie about a hacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can customize it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just um, for people that aren't in the chat room, which is most of the people listening to this, I'm sure, uh, Ivor um, is in there and isn't willing to join us for this, but uh, he is on fire. So whenever we go live, we're always, there's always a, a YouTube chat on the uh, Android App Addicts channel. And uh, Ivor's in there slinging fire. Right. Um, now, I'm going to reverse track a little bit and just say um, Android, I think, has hit a plateau. Uh, that's why I think Samsung and Google are looking at moving away from Android, moving towards Fuchsia to try to give it a like little bit of a bump to, uh, for like some developers to do stuff. Um, I still am interested in the Kai OS phones. Um, more on that a little bit later. But one phone that at least caught my eye. Now, I'm going to preface this with a, with a couple things up front. Okay. Um, just like the office of the president of the United States. Even if you don't like the president of the United States, if you are addressing the person publicly, you still call them the president of the United States. You don't call him Mr. Um, Cause that's not appropriate. That's actually really insulting to do. You should at least try to respect the office in air quotes. Okay. Now with that said, I'm not a huge fan of Ellen Musk as a person. Um, I think he's a little bit of a, um, you know, not making much sense. I mean, who in their right mind would name their kid what he named his kid? Uh, question. No answer. Someone who's not in their right mind. Yes, thank you. Um, but I am interested in some of his tech because at least he's pushing things where other people weren't not pushing. So he's actually trying to make some advancements with, with at least some stuff. And this was one thing that, actually caught my attention and it actually made me stop and do some little bit of research and a little bit of reading. Um, and the reason I'm looking at this is because what is happening in Ukraine right now, um, you know, war invasion, whatever, I don't care what you want to call it, uh, security, whatever, but I don't know, whatever. Um, the simple fact that, um, one of the things that Russia tried to do is basically cut off internet access and Elon Musk sent over a whole bunch of, uh, Starlink, satellite uh, receiver dish for people to use um, at least trying to keep communications going, trying to keep information going back and forth, um, which I think is good. Um, the other thing that he did was he also took some contracts away from Russian rocket companies and offered them at a discounted rate, less money to the people who are transferring over saved money and they got to use a U.S. service to shoot something into space. Okay, fine. And now it looks like he actually is going to come out with a model, uh, w w with a Tesla phone. Um, the long and the short of it is, uh, in short, it almost has to run Android uh, to try to reinvent an operating system today from scratch and make it competitive with anything in the market is kind of ridiculous. It's not going to happen. It's going to take way too long and way too much money to come up with the app ecosystem that ex already exists on Apple and um, Android. Um, the gimmick is though, people believe the difference with these phones are going to be, you're not going to get um, like incredible low latency, like you can get on today's modern cell phones, but they believe instead it's going to be using the Starlink satellite system, which means you won't have to use um, Rogers. You won't have to use T-Mobile. You won't have to use Verizon. You want to use any of those companies that you probably like me really don't like a lot. 
Instead, you can use Starlink, but the advantage is you can literally go almost anywhere in the world and your phone will still work for one flat rate. So literally, if you are a whiner, diner, you know, flying around places all the time, different countries and stuff, this to me would be the phone you would actually have to get in order to have completely uninterrupted service without changing SIM cards or changing phones. Um, or it's going to be a colossal flop like the Amazon phone. I don't know. Well, it seems like anything that, that he touches magically becomes gold. can't imagine it being too much of a flop. I mean, you look at this this article that you linked to. the, And when I first saw that, because you had linked it in one of our chats, I didn't. I just skipped over the Tesla part, and it said Model Pi phone. And so I thought it was. I, I thought, I thought it was going to be a Raspberry Pi phone. So I was pretty excited. But um, yeah, if you look through this article, it's like just a. I don't know. I I don't see this coming out anytime soon. But it has support for Neuralink. It has solar charging. Um, whatever the Red Planet. I'm sure. I mean, it just. I don't know how all of that comes out anytime soon. Well, I'll say he keeps saying things that are incredibly ambitious. Number one, um, I'll say if people don't say what you're trying to do is ridiculous in some manner, maybe you're not trying hard enough. Uh, 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 number one, but he has kind of said in the past, all of the things he's involved in Starlink, Neuralink, AI, Tesla bot, SpaceX, Tesla, boring company, um, the phone thing, all of that is things that will be needed when the first Martian city is established. So, which kind of makes sense. If you're going to start something new, you can't trust, you know, phone providers. You're going to have to have your own phone provider, you know, so he's going to have to launch Starlink satellites around Mars. And that would be your internet in air quote access and your phone in air quote access. Uh, you can't do gas powered cars on Mars. Ain't going to run. Um, so you have battery powered ugly uh, cyber trucks. Um, the boring company, the easiest way to shield yourself from cosmic rays and from the radiation from the sun is to dig into the earth. So, hmm, yeah. And doesn't he have, or did he have a, a company that produced roofing shingles, which were solar panels? Um, still does. Yeah. Um, in the long and short of it, that is, is his brother owned solar city. Uh, his brother also owns Chipotle. Um, but his, his brother sold solar city to Ellen, I believe it was folded into the Tesla company with the Tesla wall chargers, the Tesla battery packs, the Tesla solar roofs. Um, then they still offer them, but they are incredibly, um, I'll say this, Matt Farrell undecided YouTube did a really good series on solar power, where it works, how it works, when it can work. And one of the hardest things to do with roofing solar stuff is to be competitive with today's roofing market. Number one, number two, speed of installation is key. If you notice with those guys putting a roof on, man, that's literally like a ballet because their goal is to have everything done in like two days or less so they can move on to the next roof and make more money. Um, so, and the, right now the current uh, Tesla roof is definitely takes more than the normal roof to put in, which is an extreme downside. It means less profit per hour, blah, 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 blah. GAF, G-A-F, I want to say is the company who's the normal, they make the normal shingles of today. They also are coming out with a solar powered roof thing. The gimmick is since they already have relations with all these other companies doing the actual roofing, they're inviting those people to come in for free training on how to do their solar roofs even quicker. So, and the thing about the solar roof is if you don't, 
need a roof right now, you're not going to replace it with a solar roof. And if you need a roof right now, you need a roof right now. You don't need a roof in six months from now. You need a roof right now. So they're going to have to be able to do it in, in uh, on demand, come out and do it. And they're need, and they're going to need to do it close to a competitive timeline as current roofing is done or else they're going to have a real hard time. The Tesla solar roof, they did make a mistake in air quotes. And after they launched it, they mistakenly equated how much the prices would be. And they changed the bills for some people up to hundred percent more money. Um, and they pushed back their timeline like three months to get the roof. So the, he then apologized and said, we will respect the prices that we first um, quoted. So it's not getting off to a great start. And yes, I happen to know a lot about this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the best way to do business though, isn't it? Over promise and under, under provide. Under promise, over deliver. Oh, oh, right. Oh, oh I thought it was like my successful. I thought it was like my my stock buying buy high, sell low, right? Well, oof. um, yeah, that's a yeah. You, you, you must work for like retirement funds or something. Um, Definitely for the government. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, one of the other phones. Yeah, there's a new in air quote Nokia eight thousand four G. I just want to put this in the notes just so we got it at least once. Uh, this is a the more most modern in air quotes Kai OS phone. The problem is it still has the T9 keyboard is what I'm going to say. Um, they did kind of hint at the fact in this video that it can do some level of voice dictation, which if you have to use a T9 keyboard, I mean, for a lot of people, that's like game over, man. Can't do it anymore. Um, but at least they're making headway. They're making, you know, better phones is what I'm going to say. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention about phones is, um, where is this one at? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, how long does your phone get updates, Josh? From the time that it was brand new off the shelf. I mean, with mine, it's sometimes two years. Oh, it's it's still getting updates. Like it gets updates all the time. This thing, um, which is at least two years, maybe three years. Yeah, I want to say the Huawei I got after three years was when it started to noticeably slow down, but I was still getting them for almost a year. Um, then that's good. You know, Samsung says they're going to do it for like five years, which they're saying, you know, people are saying that's the best in air quote that has ever been done. But that ain't true uh, because uh, one of the phones that everyone said wouldn't be around and, it's, you know, why would somebody spend the money on that? The Fairphone is now seven years old and it's still getting regular updates. Um, that kind of delivering on a promise kind of thing. And to me in 2022 seems kind of rare that a, they're still around B they're still giving updates. C they're still trying to release phones. I don't, I, I've never even heard of the Fairphone door. Uh, I can't, I can't believe you haven't Fairphone. The gimmick with the Fairphone was a, they tried to make sure all of the material that went into the phone was, was, um, um, resourced from more sustainable practices, not from uh, a place where, you know, six-year-old kids climb through little caves to get some cobalt and, you know, one out of 20 seem die every couple of days, you know, tried not to get their phone parts from that kind of place. Um, then the phones were not as sexy as the phones seven years ago were released. They had a, you know, a big fat chin on them. They weren't, you know, the best looking things ever, but their promise was we want to make a phone that a will last and B we will keep giving updates on it. So if you would have bought one, you know, seven years ago, 
it was 590 bucks when it launched and you would still be getting regular updates today. Now, you know, as long as you don't drop it in the toilet or something, I guess, you know, you would have definitely got your money's worth. Yeah, I I remember this now. That was a good, good synopsis there, Dor. Synopsis? Yeah, uh, I told my doctor I had a hearing problem. He asked me to describe the symptoms. I said, well, Marge has blue hair, Homer's a fat guy, and Bart's the kid. (laughs) Uh, That's worth coming out tonight right there. Yeah, I told that to my wife, and oh, she was like, you can stop talking to me now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm halfway through the divorce papers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, there was, uh, I think it was Fizz who's in the, the chat right now, too, but in the, pretty sure it was him in the in the Discord, and he had mentioned that the Vanced app yeah. was, they got crushed by YouTube. Well, I want to say they got removed from Google Play, and then the developer basically threw up their hands and says, we're not going to develop anymore. We're done. Uh, and it was because they kept having to fight and justify and fight. And ch- and the gimmick with YouTube is when you're programming against YouTube, it is the worst kind of environment to program against because it is literally every day changing. Um, with every video you access, you literally have no idea what is going to be the file format. You have no idea what is going to be the video format. You have no idea what the audio format is going to be. It could always be different because depending on the length of the video, depending on the quality of the video, depending on the popularity of the video, YouTube prioritizes which codecs to put into it to best use disk space, to best be traversal over the network, or you know the one that can be sat on the back um, server that's only accessed once every three years. Yeah, kind of throw thing. into cold storage. Yeah. Um, so people don't know what to do now, what to do next. Uh, the first rule of thumb is relax. As long as it still works, you can still keep using it. The bad news is it's ticking. You know, now it's like you can hold, hold advanced up to your ear and you can hear it. It's, and you know, it's going to go any day now. Um, motion monkey was one that I still kind of suggest. Um, even though it's not as polished as advanced, not even close to as much advanced, but technically it should do most of the things that you need your YouTube player to do is what I'll say. Um, when I try to ask people, why don't you use YouTube? It seems like the only answer I ever get back is they want to get rid of the ads or they, um, um, want to be able to download, um, the stuff. And I'll just say again, if you get in with a group of people for $2 and 50 cents a month, you have YouTube premium with no ads and you can easily download stuff. Um, the other suggestion one I got was TubeMate. Uh, I haven't had any time to look at TubeMate. I don't think I ever heard of TubeMate on Android before, but that was the other one that people were suggesting. Um, so what I'll say is if you, the listener have a better alternative to use for YouTube to do the YouTube things, like have your screen turned off, get rid of the ads or, and download YouTube content, AAA at podcast.com. Let us know what we're missing. Yeah, and probably be careful Googling tube mate. Yeah. I yeah. I didn't even know about I, I somehow I'm a Luddite. Um I didn't even know about Vance, but I don't I don't utilize YouTube very much at all. I did I was working on a project recently and I tried to or I, I was tapping into the YouTube API and it's just gnarly. It was ridiculous. You can't like all I wanted to do was grab the the most recent episode on a channel 
and you can't do it. Like you, in order to grab that, you have to have the the actual ID, whatever randomly generated ten character ID for the video. You can't just grab the the latest one. And then they have they have limits as, as well as to how many calls you can make and blah blah blah. Anyway, yes. Thanks, Google. Well, I will say there was a time in the past where you could literally take youtube.com slash channel channel name and drop that into an RSS client and it would be able to read YouTube as a YouTube channel as an RSS file with the newest stuff first. Um, I do believe they've purposely broken that in the, since then, but that was one of the options as well, I'll say, which I used to really like uh, too. I know people that admit that they subscribe to so much stuff every day. They have 60 new videos in their subscription feed. And I'm just like, I'm the guy who subscribes to too many podcasts. I'm yeah. like, what the hell kind of problem you got? Yeah. Um, but now here's a him. My gimmick is I almost can't watch YouTube on my phone and it has nothing to do with the screen size. I'm not one of those guys. Uh, but on my desktop client, I have, um, YouTube enhanced. I want to say, you know, where I can go to four X speed if I want. Um, I can set the default. So anytime we open a video, it's automatically starting at 2.5 X speed. You know, no ifs, ands, buts, or maybes, or whatever. Uh, and it does have a little bit more features than just that. Oh, I also cannot live without uh, the other U, uh, um, Firefox desktop or Chrome desktop plugin called, um, oh God, uh, Sponsor. Whatever it does, whenever someone says, and before we get talking about this video, this video is brought to you by Hello Baking Fresh. We are the sustain. No, nope, I don't hear none of that crap. It, 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 as long as somebody, anybody watched it once and tagged, here's where, here's where the inline sponsorship starts and ends. I never have to see that crap either. Um, I don't care who's paying somebody that I'm watching. I really don't. I really don't because I don't, and a part of me believes I'm not a sucker for advertising. You know, I know every time there's an advertisement, there's one constant through every single advertisement. And that is, there's a lie somewhere in there. More than likely, it's the biggest and grandest thing they mention, but it's a lie. Like that's what. Ooh, this you know. drink tastes really good, Dor. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like well. Right. Yeah. Or like uh, Rich was always mad that he got the highest level of a Hyundai uh, Elantra or something, and if you drop down a lower level, you got heated seats, cold seats, and Android Auto. And in his version, you could only get heated seats or cold seats, and no Android Auto. Cold seats? Is that a thing? Oh yeah, we're yo, he's <laughs> in Florida, dude. Yeah, you hit the button and it basically pushes AC through the seat. No way. Oh yeah, yeah way. Makes sense, I guess, but not a lot of that up oh, it here. Does. Oh no, not a lot of that there. But no, when you're in Florida, you would you do the kind of thing you actually love. Um mentioning Android Auto. One of the complaints that a lot of people had in the past was it just in air quotes wasn't working and they couldn't understand why. Well, part of the reason is is Android Auto requires so much throughput. AKA you have to have a higher quality cable and there basically has to be like no errors or issue in the cables or else it either will not work or you'll get like the screen just randomly dropping out and it doesn't work. Well, they finally update Android auto to do a sort of health check during the connection to, and it will, and if the cable is not an air quote good enough, it will literally prompt you with a message telling you this cable is of insufficient quality kind of thing. So the, their goal is, don't blame Android Auto. Don't blame your car. Blame the fact that you went on Amazon and bought an Amazon basic cable for two bucks. You know, that's the issue. That's crazy that, you know, when, when I was a younger lad, you know, I'd never really 
believe that a cable had much influence on on things. Holds his dirt. <laughs> That's one of the first things you check when troubleshooting is okay. Is it the cable? Is the cable dodgy? Yeah. Well, even with a full desktop computer, if they were having weird issues, first thing I would do is change the power cable. Uh, just because it's the cheapest thing to you know swap out, and it's the easiest. But yeah, I'm now to the point to where if I don't spend you know six or eight bucks for a single USB cable, I really don't expect that USB cable to work more than like six months. This is wanting a uh, a link to your your desktop YouTube add-on. Well, in the show the notes, bad, right? I can put it in the show notes because right now I don't have it open. When I regularly browse, I use Firefox, Brave, Vivaldi, um, uh, and one other one. I can't remember. When I do a show, I use Google Chrome because it seems to work the best with these video chat things. That's what I'll say. So when I open it back up, I can, I can get the links. I'll probably make sure that they're in the notes. Um, one, and I'm going to take another tangent. Um, no, that wasn't it. Dang it. Uh, I was going to say I found the... Uh, um, hacker news reader. Maybe I read this wrong. Um, I was going to say, I thought I found a app to where if you find something hacker ish related, you could use this app and it would send a note and it does the opposite. And I thought it would send the link to hacker news for submission. Uh, but no, this is the exact opposite. This is a guy basically like, you know, testing his, um, Google development skills sound like he was an early dev is what I would say, where he was trying to make a hacker news reader using flutter. Okay. Here's what I understand about flutter. Um, flutter is not the, in air quote, native Android programming language. Flutter is like a framework where it tries to simplify some, um, Android development. And of course, when I, Go to the link now. It just says, sorry, this post was deleted by the person who originally posted it. So, and I want to say I did download it. I did install it and it did work fine. And then I immediately uninstalled it because if I want to go to Hacker News, I typically just go to Hacker News. (laughs) And, you know, I understand people wanting siloed apps for like isolated experiences. Because for instance, Reddit, I don't use browser to access Reddit on my phone. I use a Reddit dedicated app. Because to be quite honest, the Reddit dedicated app does more things than Reddit does itself. So that's, you know, one thing. Yeah, somewhere I don't, I don't go anywhere, Dor. I don't even, I don't use Reddit that much either. Only if it comes up in a search. Yeah. The only time I use Reddit is when I literally need a distraction from work where I want to choke somebody out and I just need to just be distracted. I, I load up uh, reddit.com slash r slash what could go wrong. Uh slash win stupid prizes um and slash stardew valley nice and that's and that's about Are you still playing so, stardew, ba- stardew valley um i honestly have not loaded it up in more than a couple months um but another tangent um the wife i don't know if I told you the wife basically told me um because i told i was talking to liam uh, about the Steam Deck. He did the pre-order for his. It's only like five bucks to reserve your place in line. So he said, even if I don't get it, it's worth the five bucks. So if I do get it, you know, I have my place in line. And he asked me, well, when was I getting mine? I said, well, I'm not. I don't really have the money available to me in my personal account kind of thing. And he's like, oh, okay. Then he didn't say anything else. So I said the wife, yeah, I was talking to my buddy Liam about it. And he said, you know, I told him I didn't really have the money available to me right now. And she was like, the hell you don't. When we get home, you ordered that thing. You, do, you deserve it. I'm like, oh, okay. So I am going to buy a Steam Deck. 
which is, uh, you know, you, there are already people who are loading. It comes with Arch Linux, custom Arch Linux running Steam OS. Uh, you already have people who are running Windows on it, which is perfectly fine to install Windows. And after loading Windows, they're loading Android emulators on it as well kind of thing because they cannot seem to get Android natively to run on it yet because of video driver issues. But I think literally in like six to eight months when this thing's actually in lots of people's hands, people are going to be hacking the hell out of this thing, doing all kinds of things. Um, I mean, because it has a USB C plug on the bottom, there's really no reason why you couldn't hook up even a three G or four G antenna on it kind of thing and get mobile cell service on it too. Cause you know, why not? What's the form factor? Uh, well, it's a handheld with, uh, I want to say it's a seven inch screen. It's slightly bigger than a Nintendo switch. Definitely heavier than a Nintendo switch. Hmm, nice. Yeah. I didn't even realize that it was handheld. Yeah. I mean, valve learned a lot from the, um, steam boxes and the steam controller stuff that they did. Um, and between you and me, if there is ever going to be a year of the Linux desktop, I think Linus Torvald is going to have to thank Gabe Newell from Valve for it happening. Because, hate to say it, the more games you get running on an operating system and the more accessible it is to everybody to just pick up and play, the more likely they're going to then say, why can't I have this on my computer? You know what I mean? My Steam Deck doesn't get viruses kind of thing. Um, you know, so I think it could happen is what I'm going to say. Yeah, Eric joined the chat a while ago too and I can't imagine being Ivor and Eric's mother, having those two kids growing up. Whoa. Well, you know, everyone has their cross to bear. Yeah. Mm. And this had brought something up too when we were talking about the about the uh, uh, bash top called Polybar. As it aims to help users build beautiful and highly customizable status bars for their desktop environment. Oh, well, if it's compatible with i3 or awesome, I'm game. Um, yeah, and I will say, um, yeah, the app I use on Android for Reddit is called Relay. The real reason I use it, number one, it remembers my history. So if I click a GIF, watch a guy get hit between the legs, and then I swipe it away, it now marks that as being red. I already read it. I already looked at it and then there's a red button at the bottom or anytime I load up Reddit, I just hit that button and it swipes away everything I've already seen. So then I only see new content, you know, some of course people are always double posting and triple posting stuff that was already up there, but I at least am not looking at the exact same posting every time. Um, and the two things I wanted to mention about processors really quick before I guess we get to the maps, um, media tech, um, Everyone says MediaTek, this is the year MediaTek will become the premier ARM processor for phones and tablets. That, of course, is not Apple, um, which I will say as a consumer is almost shocking that Samsung Exynos and Qualcomm, that was like their bread and butter. They were the two big ones for years is what I thought, thank. Uh, MediaTek was the janky junkie low end one. MediaTek has been leapfrogging everybody. Number one, they believe they're, they're going to sell more processors this year than Samsung or Qualcomm. Uh, the most recent MediaTek Dimensity, I can't pronounce it, uh, 8,100 8, version is able to outperform the latest Qualcomm Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. Now, 
Literally, the Gen 1 literally just launched, so they're just learning how to program against it. Uh, they do expect there being a higher version of that chip in, I want to say now, like three or four months, which they believe is going to be easier to program against even more. So we're going to see better performance out of that in the future. But for MediaTek to already be beating them in benchmarks, um, that's not like normal. So um, as far as we're concerned as end users, we might not know which processors in our phones, but I can tell you the MediaTek uh, licensing fee is less than Qualcomm and less than Snapdragon, AKA um, you buy a more powerful phone next year and it actually might cost you less money just because of licensing fees. How does that fit into your, your risk? Well, I mean, risk is still going to have its own avenue, you know, of where it's going to be really successful, but it does look like MediaTek is going to start to own the mobile handheld Android type experience interface kind of thing. Um, uh, you know, and like Intel is starting to, um, like rent out fabs to do, um, arm and risk processor manufacturing. Um, we have, uh, Nvidia announcing that they're doing another leapfrogging here of techs here soon. So, as long as these companies keep fighting tooth and nail, I think we end users are going to keep having more power in the, in our presence with less money being spent on them in the future kind of thing. Well, that's good door. We like that. Oh yeah. And I do think, uh, the risk V stuff, um, it's going to hit its stride. I'm going to say in 2020 end of 2023 and 2024. And by 2025, we're going to start seeing common off the shelf type products with risk V processors in them where we're going to have an air quote, smart devices that really aren't smart, but you know, compared to today's toaster, they're going to be smart. Um, the only thing I hope is that they're less hackable, you know? Well, watching this chat, the only thing that, uh, I think is less smart than a toaster is probably Ivor. Well, but can he toast bread? Uh, okay. Well, there was one app I absolutely had to bring because quite literally I saw this app and I could not stop thinking, I want Josh to spend five minutes with this app at some point in time. Okay. It's called Leet Droid. Yes, that Leet Droid by CDHIRAJ40. Okay, whatever. Under E for education, E for everybody, completely free, no in app purchases, no in app ads, um, no reviews. Uh, about updated March 8th, 2022, a couple weeks ago, size 11 megs in size, installs 100 plus installs, current version 1.0, requires 5.0 Android and up, which is a lot, content rating E for everyone again, uh, permission, it uh, doesn't need really any permission because that's the way the best apps are done, in my humble opinion. Uh, the short description of it, now, LeetDroid is on Android, but with a different name. Oh, I'm sorry, Leet Code is on Android, but with a different name. Leet Droid is an Android app for Leet Code. What does Leet, Leet Droid do? The app helps you access Leet Code right on your phone. No need to wait till you open up your computer or laptop to access any feature from Leet Code on Android device anywhere. Okay, so basically, more it has more than 1,000 Leet coding, programming, interview questions on algorithms, data structures, data seats, cell, and concurrency. Daily new Leet Code challenges are updated every now and then to get when you will get notified. Each Leet Code problem has a clean, detailed problem description along with their solution and discussions. This, uh, from what I gather, I could be wrong, 
is essentially um, a like hacking around, playing around programming language to display to people how good of a, a coder programmer that you are. That's what I take this as. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what it is. It that's I did not. Yeah, I saw it more as a this questions. Like it says that it prepares you for programming interviews. So all the dumb questions that you'd get asked in an interview. Oh, I was the interviewee on some of them dumb interviews, and trust me, I'm looking at the question like this is a really dumb question to ask. <laughs> yeah, well, that was when I did the the boot camp. We would have to do <laughs> do like uh, um, pseudo interviews, mm. and uh, just I would get up and walk out. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing anyway. Like, what? Well, just how would you sort this? Out? I don't know, man. I'd Google it. Like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> the same thing I do now, right? Like the same thing that every coder does is google yeah i mean i i i have four years left till i can retire i when i retire i literally want to go on at least one interview just one interview so when if they do ask me you know can you perform under pressure i can really quickly say nope i cannot perform under pressure but i can perform bohemian rhapsody <laughs> just to do that ju just to do that once and then walk out of the interview but yeah um I mean, I'll just put it like this. The best, okay, like, you know, you were talking about editing the um, transcript thing and the chapter thing on RSS file. The first time you do anything, it's always the most difficult thing. Um, that's why I literally encourage anybody who's younger than me, you know what I mean, who actually has job prospects and education and working their way up the ladder kind of thing, no matter what, every six months, at least every six months, go on an interview. Even if you're perfectly happy at your job, it doesn't matter. Go on an interview every six months to keep you primed, to keep you in that um, mode to where you can re remember what it feels like, remember the types of questions, and remember how you answered them, remember how you felt, because you will only get better and better and better at it. Because there is no substitute for a first impression, period. You know, you show up early. You do a good interview, even if you don't know what the hell you're doing, you show up early, you do a good interview, you're going to do, you're going to have a better chance of getting a job than somebody who actually knows what they're doing, but they're not good at interviews. All right, Dor, kid coming out of high school comes to you and oh. says, well, no, I won't get in your van, but then you start talking mm. and he says, uh, what, what programming language should I learn? Well, I would say first off, why, what do you want to do? I mean, do you want to make money? Do you want a solid job? Do you want to be what's the next hotness? Because, you know, they're all different things. Um, if you want to make the most money as soon as possible, then you have to learn AI-centric things, period, because right now they pay the most. Um, if you want to be, like, long-term in this business, uh, probably Python. But what I would really say is you don't want to learn a given programming language. You want to learn about programming ecosystems and how they relate to every other part of it, whether it's security, whether it's audits, whether it's, um, installation, whether it's, um, you know, DevOps kind of thing, how does that relate to that? And that's the most important thing. Being good at any one sliver in it, it's good, but anybody can pick up a book and learn Java. You know what I mean? It isn't being good at that programming language that's going to make you a valuable resource at a job and make you more money. It's how good are your your communication skills? Are you a jerk? And how much do you understand and respect the other jobs that are around you? 
kind of thing. Like what I used to say was, if you want to create money, easy answer, security. And it's like now more than ever, they expect there's going to be over 300,000 job openings in the next year and a half, 18 months, just for security related fields. The problem is it's a really stressful job to have. You're not going to have that job for 20 years. You know, you can do it for like seven, eight years, make really good money, and then you can do something else. But yeah, security is the great money. And the Python, it's hard to get wrong with Python in any field. Uh, after that, you know, just understand the basics. Dare I say JavaScript, if you want to do any kind of web stuff, learn all the uh, ecosystems to do coding. Get good at Visual Studio Code, VS Code. You know, that, that, that's one of the, like, the things you, you get good at VS studio code. You'll be able to dance around people. doesn't matter the program language and just make things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would also mention, um, solidity, which is the, the language, which Ethereum smart contracts are written in is a big one. And, and web three is probably what I would say too. being able to, to, uh, code in solidity and and uh, incorporate Web3 into whatever language you're using. Right. Yeah, like one other app I want to throw out there just because um, I didn't want to say this is the kind of app where I said before I was going to try to bring back apps that we haven't talked about in years kind of thing to basically do a review, see how they're doing, see how they're holding up. Have they been compromised? Do they now, you know, help Putin get maple syrup shipped into Russia or something? I don't know. Um, and I'm happy to say this is one of the apps that we brought literally 400 shows ago, I'm going to say, and it's still holding up well and it's still doing really good. Uh, it is O S M A N D, uh, maps and GPS offline from O S M A N D travel and local is the category E for everyone. It does have some sort of in-app purchase. I'm 99% sure it is a thank you. I love you purchase. And that's all. Um, it doesn't take anything away from the app or give you any extra features. Um, it is free to download and install and run uh, 4.5 average reviews. Um, again, this thing's been around for years, many, many, many years. Updated December 15th, 2021, 119 meg in size, 5 million plus installs, current version 4.1.11, 6.0 Android NUP. Uh, it is going to need a decent amount of permissions because it's a GPS mapping kind of app. Photos, media, Wi-Fi, location, camera, storage, microphone, other. Um, the long, the short of it is the OSM in OSMAND is Open Street Maps. Um, there is nothing in the world that is more competitive with Google Maps that I believe than Open Street Maps. Um, if you don't want to get locked into a Google type ecosystem when it comes to maps, I think it's really hard to beat Open Street Maps. Yeah, agreed. But you know, agreed. I'm kind of biased. Um, according to this, there are benefits to having a paid. So there's it looks like there's paid, and then there's a subscription as well. Mm. So with the paid, you get Maps Plus, unlimited map downloads, topo data, nautical depths, offline Wikipedia, offline Wiki Voyage, and travel guides. And with the mm. Pro, which is the the subscription, you get all maps and features. And then you got the OSM and cloud pro features and hourly map updates. Mm. If it, if it includes traffic, then I guess I could see paying them because that is something that requires, you know, an air quote upkeep. So would that be, yeah, would mean, that be hourly? Like, I don't know how the, the traffic I don't know. Works. I don't know. I just know with most traffic things, the more people using that app, 
the more um, accurate the traffic stuff is. So can they take the just your geolocation data or GPS data and and glean from that that there's traffic? I wonder. You know, if there's like oh, a- with Google, yeah, with Google they absolutely can. Be, and the and the reason I know this for a fact is there was a guy in London, England, who got something like two hundred phones, turned them all on at once, put them in a red wheelbarrow. And walk down the busiest street in London, and there was no cars because Google said there must be massive traffic because there's 200 cars remaining near still, and it rerouted everybody around that one street. Around the guy with his his radio flyer wagon. Exactly. Yep. Nice. So yeah, so yeah, they do, and and that's the whole thing. Now I think they've learned from that, and they do try to get like multiple touches from multiple things, and not just that one piece of data. That's fun though. I mean, I just think, oh. Oh, yeah. The guy that thought that up, you know, there, I'd no doubt buy him a drink. Good job, sir. Good job. <laughs> oh, the, the chat door is just killing me, man. I know. It's it's too much brain power to read. No, I mean, well, so it's, just, yeah, it's draining I, I brain power to read. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one app I've been suggesting for a super long time uh, is called Island. Island on Android makes it easy to set up work profiles. It's still in beta? I believe it's still <laughs> in beta. Um, and it still works fine, technically, kind of thing. Um, because, like, the for instance is uh, my sister will only use um, Facebook Messenger. I'm not installing Facebook Messenger on my device and giving it car blanche to do everything at once. So I load up a work profile with a fake not a fake with an email address that I've never, I never use since my hotmail days. Um, and I just load and I log in with that account and I load up in my work profile, Facebook messenger. So it has no access to my contact and no address, no access to my, um, um, email. Uh, it doesn't even have ac- access to my GPS because in the work profile, I disabled that kind of thing, but the app was getting a bit long. It was getting a bit hard to recommend. It, it almost became hard to find. Uh, Because one of the incredibly painful parts about the Google search algorithm, Google Play search algorithm, is the more recent your app was updated, the higher it appears in the list. So even if you know the exact name of the app, but it has not been updated in three years, you put it in the search engine, you hit enter, you're going to have to page to go to page 30 to find the app, which kind of makes no sense. Um, But that's what it is. So this is the other app I found. Uh, this is called Shelter, uh, and this is by Paper Airplane Dev Team. It's under Tools, uh, E for Everyone, no in-app purchases, no in-app ads, 1,226 um, installs, uh, 4.2 average reviews, um, updated September 29th, 2020, so it's almost two years, uh, 1.8 megs in size, 1,000 plus installs, current version 1.6-Google. Uh, requires 7.0 Android and up content rating E for everyone permissions. It's going to need a good amount of date uh, permissions because that's what this app kind of does. And the good news is this is completely free and open sourced. Uh, I do believe this is also available to download on F droid. If that's your preferred marketplace kind of thing, but basically it's a very simple app. It does need admin access on your device because that's what accessing the work, both profiles. You have to have that kind of admin access. So you can basically load this application up, say, I want to load up Google play, but in the sheltered environment. And when you open it up in the work profile, the first time it's going to ask you to log into Google play, you can log in with any Google account you have, preferably not the one you're using on your regular device. 
Um, and then when you load up Google play there, you can load the apps in and they're going to be only in your work profile. So I'm still a fan of using the work profile. Cause like, you know, sometimes you have to load stuff. You're really not comfortable with loading. And this is the way around it. Uh, yeah. Interesting. I have, I've had, I've had Island, um, on my phone, maybe since it was even in alpha, but, uh, yeah, yeah I remember it's been beta. I, I mean, yeah, it's just beta. It's a beta app. No, but the thing is it works. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the whole thing. I, I, I'm going to paraphrase, uh, mad dog, John mad dog hall. If you don't know who John mad dog hall is, go listen to like all about Android or something. Um, I don't know. Um, John mad dog hall says, look, code doesn't always need to be updated if it's done right. Sometimes code is finished and it just works. Um, I believe there is a lot of truth to that. Unless you're an operating system or a browser, then you better keep updating because you're going to have security breaches all over the place. But you know, like a text editor, really, unless you're giving it new features, do you really need to update it? You know, if with the work profile thing, you are allowing people to create work profiles and add apps to it. What more features can you offer? I don't know. Oh, this chat's killing me, Dort. <laughs> yeah, literally, uh, literally. Literally. Um, literally. And Ivor did actually contribute something of, of value this show. He had put in a link for Warden, App Warden, which is an open source app that lets you disable trackers or loggers. Android, I think, here. And I'll put the, the link back in. So that might be something interesting to, to check out. But Ivor also told me that he's not coming on the show because he uh, bought an iPhone and now he's an iPhone guy. Well, I will say one other podcast I was listening to, um, Android Buffet. I to say they're very nice guys. Um, they decided to change their show name after I complained about a year earlier that you're spending 80% of the show talking about home automation and Raspberry Pis, not Android. Uh, their excuse was, is there's not enough Android content. Then don't call your show Android Buffet. So they finally renamed their show to Tech Buffet. And one of the hosts did go out and buy a $1,000 brand new iPhone, to which is like, you really spent $1,000 on a phone? Yeah, you're kind of nuts. Yeah. I mean, you know, it better make me coffee and eggs in the morning. Um, you know, give me like a discount on my gas. Yeah. Especially that's, maybe that's after, that's after a, a good night with it too. Yeah. I mean, it's like ridiculously, um, yeah, I don't get it. Um, okay. I'm trying to click through and say view on Google play. I've always threatening me now. Well, you'll have that. Well, he has to come on the show to follow through. Just saying. Yeah. You can show us your, your shiny new iPhone. Yeah, that maybe he was manufactured in China. It probably was. I mean, he probably went there to pick it up. Um, so I think I found the app on Google Play, yet through the link, I keep going to try to find a Google Play link, and I can't seem to find it to save my life anywhere. Nope, definitely not the same looking app. Okay, so I'll see if I can find it on Google Play, because, you know, should be easy to find. Um, I don't think I have any more apps. Um, I will just say... Um, because literally those um, KaiOS phones, Josh, they're literally less than a hundred bucks. Um, I might end up pulling the trigger on one of them um, and literally just using it as a phone, phone, phone. You know what I mean? Just a phone. Um, partially because 
I have cheap earbuds. My earbuds are literally like 20 bucks, right? They don't have a mic in them. Anytime I'm listening to a podcast and I get a phone call, I have to answer the phone, click the Bluetooth, switch to phone and hold up to my head. And that takes like five or six seconds. And some people think I'm not answering the phone. It's just taking me a second because I got to do that. Because if I try to talk when the Bluetooth is turned on, even if I hold the phone like right to my face, it's like super low volume. So I might actually buy one of the KaiOS phones just so I can use that as a phone, use my Android device as a mobile data kind of device kind of thing. Yeah, I wish that I had a secondary device that I could so on. I'm just afraid of destroying the only one I have. Yeah. Well, and, and I do understand because like back in the day, even when you like would ROM a phone, there was always that like, you know, split second of, you know, sweat starting to come in the forehead thinking, is this phone going to work tomorrow? You know, cause it might not. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I understand people not being completely comfortable with doing it. Wow. I mean, if, uh, unless you're Ivor with his 1700 phones, then it doesn't yeah. really matter if you brick a couple. Yeah. I can't find that. Like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to look anymore. Okay. Um, do you have any more apps or any more news or any more open source Android thoughts you got in your head? No, man, I don't really have any thoughts in my head at this point. I understand. I'm a government employee. <laughs> it's good enough for government work. Oh, um, now the real tangent I wanted to just throw in there at the very end was, um, I want to try to make this the year that door actually goes places, you know? Um, so literally last week, a uh, good friend, super unbelievably nice guy. I have no, um, I'm, 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 I'm like, you know, he's like way too nice of a guy to be my friend, but, um, he pinged me, Russ Winter, the techie geek, formerly of the techie geek podcast. Also, uh, the original, one of the original hosts on Linux basics with me, um, called me up randomly and said, Hey Dora, I'm going to be in town. Do you want to meet and hang out? I said, sure. No problem. Uh, okay. I was like, so where do I meet you? He said, you, uh, you meet me at Timonium Fairgrounds. Timonium Fairgrounds are the state and air quote fairgrounds where the state fair happens. Their farm festival happens. There's literally like a horse racetrack there too. It's like right outside of Baltimore city kind of thing. I said, okay, cool. Why are we meeting there? And he says, cause he convinced his wife to let him go to a event. Oh, okay, cool. Cool, man. I'll, I'll um, meet you there. Just tell me the time kind of thing. And I get there and I look at the sign and it's an antique arms um, show. And I'm thinking to myself, the hell am I getting into antique arms show? And I literally had no idea what I was walking into. Uh, turns out, um, basically it's like a Lennox fest, but the people there are unbelievably educated and fascinated about either old knives. And by old, I mean, at least 140 years old, if not much more, um, swords, knives, handguns, rifles. Um, and then, uh, sometimes like old, like pictures, and it's old stuff like that. Uh, one guy there um, has a school where once a year he will let people come in and he will show them how to actually make a barrel from a piece of raw iron steel. You know what I mean? Here's the proper way to make a stock for like an old flintlock gun kind of thing. And literally show people how to make this kind of stuff. Um, and then when he's done, like the guns that he does in air quote build, you can go out back and you can shoot kind of thing. A lot of reenactors buy their guns kind of thing. And li literally they can be like $200,000 a gun. And it's the thing is it's guns. It's only worth what someone will pay for it. So these people are willing to pay for it. So this guy basically has a career educating people on the art, the art of making classic guns, you know, how they were originally made back in the day. 
and then showing people how it's done kind of thing. And the thing I learned when I was there, because you got to learn something, was the word Kentucky, there was a long rifle, and then there was Kentucky rifle. But it was Kentucky, not with a Y at the end, but with two E's at the end. And what I didn't know was the word Kentucky originally meant frontiers land, like the land between the um, civilized world and the wild area that between land was called the Kentucky. So when you would call, you know, a land Kentucky, it was just the place where the guy was starting to chop down trees to make a house. It's that fringe area. So when you hear a Kentucky long rifle it has nothing to do with the state of Kentucky. It was a rifle that was made with the intention to be used every day to hunt for your food and defend your house, you know, against bears or whatever kind of thing. So I learned something. Yeah, that sounds a lot more exciting than the Antiques Leg Show I went to, which was a lot of alabaster yeah. skin and varicose veins. Yeah, and I can't remember where my wife, I mean, we were at. We were walking by, and we were driving by a store, and they literally had like a leg lamp from a Christmas story <laughs> available to buy in the store. And I literally almost pulled over, I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I don't care if what you're in town for, if you're in the Baltimore area and you want to hang, just let me know. I'll do everything in my power to get away. Um, my wife is now understanding absence does make the heart grow fonder. So I tell her once in a while, just get the hell out of the house. Uh, but you know, so she does the same to me kind of thing. Um, I'd learned stuff. I met, you know, incredibly nice people when I was there and I got to just hang with a guy who had an extreme passion for all that stuff. And we were going through and he was showing me like these, um, old pocket knives, kind of thing, like really cool pocket knives. And he says, you know, an old pocket knife was a, a official U.S. Navy pocket knife when you open the knife up and the tip is broken off. I was like, what do you mean broken off? He says, back in the day, when you came on the ship, first thing you had to do was bury your arms, show them all the weapons you have. And then whenever you had a pocket knife on, the first thing the captain would do is take the knife, open it up, stick it in the mast, and break the tip off and hand it back to you. Because U.S. Navy sailors were such drunken slops. They would get into fist fights and try to stab each other all the time. So if there was no tip on the knife, the likelihood of killing someone was much less. Go figure. Yeah. So I learned two things that day, but I digress. Had a great time. Russ, unbelievable sweet guy. Ready for the other random thing? And sorry for the double entendre, but it really is a small world after all. Um, I'm sitting there with lunch with Russ. And he asked me if I have any plans this year. And I said, yeah, actually I do. The wife has a, a, tr a, 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 a trip booked for Disney. He said, oh, really, really? When are you going? I said, oh, I want to say it's the late May, like the third week in May. And his eyes got huge. He says, no, you're not. I said, yeah, I'm going late May kind of thing. And I opened up the Disney app and I showed him, yeah, yeah, we're going from the 14th to the 21st. Oh, uh, no, the yeah, 14th to the 21st. He's going to Disney from the 13th to the 21st. Hmm. So yeah, he's going down to Disney. I haven't seen this guy in like five years. I see him, I hang with him, and I come to find out we're both going to be in Disney during the exact same week. And it is a small world after all. <laughs> but I'm not getting on It's a Small World because it's the most annoying ride that's ever been made. Yeah, I've been to Disneyland once, and that was as a young adult. And Well, it's perfect for 8 to 14 years old or 40-year-olds because the food is fantastic. Um, it doesn't have any crazy, insane rides and has just enough like young kid stuff to keep them busy too. Yeah. So yeah, but the wife did admit after my youngest is 13, she says, when we get rid of all the kids, she is going to want to do more world traveling in air quotes. Yeah. We'll um, get up to 
Vancouver Island. Well, and I did ship you the stuff today, and the lady at the post office was like, I don't think that zip um, that zip code's right. I said, well, technically it's not a zip code. It's a Canada thing. <laughs> she says, oh, and she, and she just rolled her eyes. Canada. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the, the uh, postal codes, they're called up here. Yeah, with letters and numbers, and she was like, is that an O or a zero? I said, I don't think it matters. It really, not if you're writing it. It doesn't really matter at all. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So she just shrugged her shoulder and typed it in. But I have learned that there is there is a pattern, though, as far as that goes, that uh, there's six characters, and it's letter, number, letter, number, letter, yeah, number. Yeah. So the first three will be a letter, a number, a letter, and then the last three will be a number, a letter, a number. Makes perfect sense. Of course it does. Just like everything else in yeah. Canada. Yeah, especially if you're trying to go to Detroit and cross that bridge. No, that's been fixed now, hasn't it? I don't know. It's somewhere I don't really yeah, have those, a desire to go to either. So Those people were mad, and I learned a couple of things in my life. One of them is don't piss off truckers. Oh, that's a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're the lifeblood of everything. Without truckers, you don't get no Mama Celeste pizza. You don't get no banquet frozen dinners. You don't get no nothing because it all comes on track trailers. Yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. And then just to see the government's response to it was also pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, they did not want to respond to it. They wanted it to go away. Oh, so no, they that. wanted to respond. They wanted to respond harder than they did is what they wanted to do. Yeah. But then well, they, when you don't have people causing a ruckus, then you're looking for an excuse to bring out the violence. Yeah, and the one guy I know got like something like $3 million in donation. And to be as secure as possible, he literally walked the line and gave the guys USB keys with the cryptocurrency, like key hash on it, with instructions on how to access and how to transfer it to your bank. And here's a t-shirt kind of thing, just to make sure the truckers would be able to live because every day they're not hauling, they're losing. So, you know. Well, yeah, it was crazy the the number of people's bank accounts that were frozen and now have a permanent um a permanent flag on their account and they've been trying to to stop the the bitcoin wallets as well that right are being able to be used so well, anyway yeah Th- thanks obama that's right yeah okay um I, i'm sure there was at least one or two android related things but i can't remember them off the top of my head yeah, well, I think we're we're at an hour and a half now. I think we're probably pretty good. Oh, lastly, I used to always suggest Redphone app to people who wanted to be sure they were in private communications, is what I'm going to say. Um, especially now in the last month with the stuff happening over there in Europe. Um, secure communication is more important than ever to certain people. Um, a lot of people seem to be using Telegram um, I'm just going to put it like this. Um, Telegram source code has never been audited. Um, Russia, like a year or two ago, tried to make Telegram illegal. Then all of a sudden stopped trying to make it illegal. I'm not trying to imply anything, but what I'm saying is Moxie Marlin spike in signal has been audited and is secure. Uh, it is unfortunately still tied to a phone number, but you can download that signal app and have voice calls and text messaging. Uh, over a very secure platform that is easily usable even for the non-techs. So whether you're in Belarus or Ukraine or you're in Idaho, if you want secure communications, uh, I say look no further than Signal. I second that. 
And before we go, I want to, this is just for, for Ivor, <clears throat> excuse me, um, for Ivor, that I just want to let him know that I do have a Bitcoin node running on a Raspberry Pi. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, buddy. Is it running the lightning stuff? It is, yeah. It's a, it's an Umbral yeah. server. So it's, and you can actually run, it, it has apps too. It's a little bit like Nextcloud almost where you can run uh, pi hole, a pie hole on it and everything else. So You had me at Nextcloud. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, we have no emails, I'm 99% sure. Uh, again, if you want to send us an email, it's very easy. Um, AAA at Ponix.com. Uh, you can send us communications on any of those other platforms. We might answer it. Uh, you can also try to send us a voicemail at 7076podnut or just attach a voice file, wave file or anything to a email and send to AAA at Ponix.com. Um, if we have a sponsor here shortly, look, Monty Python taught me one thing. Always, always, always look on the bright side of life. Um, the bright news is if we do get a sponsor on this show, I basically have no choice but to put out a show every week for at least like two months. So at least we'll get some constant content out of it. Yeah, and and Eric and Ivor are both convinced that the sponsor is Booty Sweat. I will not confirm nor deny. I will just say stay tuned to see who it is. Um, I want to thank everyone for coming out in the live chat. The live chat's been moving far, far too fast for me to keep up with. So thank you, Eric. Thank you, Ivor. Thank you, Red. Thank you, Thiz. Thank you, Charles. Swift is in there. Um, Swift. Swift is a really good guy too. I got to hang with him. Um, so uh, yeah, thanks for everyone for coming out. Josh, you have any, uh, last words? Well, I would not, la not last words. Yeah, That's right, almost right. Morbid. Parting Tell words, my parting kid. Words. I love him. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say that, first of all, I would consider myself lucky if I wouldn't have read all of this chat. I wish it would have been too fast for me to keep up with Tudor. And, yeah, it would be nice if we could get a set schedule again. But, obviously, that's as soon as we're making the big bucks, then, then that's something that we can promise. But we do like all the feedback and come out because it would be nice to have a few other comments from people that are actually insane in the chat. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so again, thanks for everyone coming out. Josh, always good to hang with you, my man. Um, and do not forget, uh, the best way to support this podcast is share the feed with somebody, share an episode with somebody, and uh, quite literally, just once every once in a while, send any podcast you listen to an email just to remind them that you're there and you're listening. With that, I'll just say uh, thanks again for everyone coming out, and I'll talk to everyone again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.